0: Welcome to IntelliKey Leadership Stories, a series of unique interviews with successful people in many fields. Leaders who are innovating, building, and guiding organizations with a higher vision. How they put their values into practice to achieve the full potential of themselves and their organizations. Now, Here's your host for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This is Kirsten Gouldy and I'm here with my co-host Mark Stinson this morning. We're here to discuss IntelliKey, this principle of IntelliKey, which is an opportunity for conscious leaders from around the world to share their experience on how they have achieved their own personal IntelliKey, their their highest potential, while committed to continuing to grow and expand themselves and support others. Just a little bit of background um, Mark and I love to talk about this. IntelliKey is one of those obscure principles that is just now coming back to the forefront, which is an Aristotle and metaphysical principle that supports the achievement of your highest potential, which is inside yourself. And I'm happy to be a co-host with Mark Stinson, who he himself is the embodiment of this really wonderful word that we have been using throughout our episode. So I'd like to introduce myself. I am Kirsten Gouldy. I'm an intuitive advisor, professional coach, an ex-Wall Street, I would call myself a recovering Wall Street executive, and my co-host, Mark Stinson.
2: Hi, Kirsten. Great to be with you again. I'm Mark Stinson. I'm president of Bioscience Bridge. We're a heart-centered brain consultancy. And uh, IntelliKey is really uh, near and dear to our heart, and our guest today is really uh, somebody who really supports uh, helping others, especially women entrepreneurs, achieve their full potential. And Vicki, I want to welcome you. Vicki Saunders is with us today.
3: Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here.
2: Yeah. Vicki is the founder of an organization, a global initiative called SHEEO. It's uh, in the hashtag radical generosity. I can't wait to get into that. This idea that there's a radical transformation to really support and finance and celebrate women entrepreneurs. But uh, Vicky is uh, from Toronto in Canada. She's an entrepreneur herself, committed to building businesses and really making a positive impact on the world. And that's what we're really gonna focus on today. She's a creative problem solver and a connector of people. And that's what really helps get uh, companies off the ground, and especially in, in supporting women entrepreneurs, we really want to dive into that and, and see what the special uh, opportunities are, what the special considerations are, and some examples of uh, how women are reaching their full potential in these companies. So Vicki, it's just great to have you with us. Thanks so much. So as we get started, yeah, how, how did the idea of SheEO come about? And uh, how did you really get this initiative off the ground?
3: So I, uh, it's so interesting. I'm 55 years old and I never wanted to do anything woman only ever. Uh, (laughs) Partly because of how I was conditioned on this planet that anything that was, you know, anything that was woman only was really not valued. It's like, oh, that's a woman's thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we're living in this the universe that was not really designed by us or for us. Uh, And so that, like, just to start with that piece, which I had to do a whole bunch of personal healing myself to get over that part. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've always been committed to creating a better world with my companies, which wasn't always part of the norm. In fact, for most of my life um, as I was starting companies, people were like, why don't you just make money and then give it away after? like you do the good after, right? You maximize profits and then you give them away. And that just never worked for me. I was never driven by money. I was always driven by creating a positive transformation through whatever it was. Um, And so I started a whole bunch of companies and initiatives over the year, took a company public. Um, And the thing that I kept noticing over and over is that no matter what I did, it was never, uh, it was never really part of the mainstream. And um, the big thing that hit me was up when my company was going public. We merged with this group who had a fund. We were spinning out a new company a month. It was kind of like the original incubators and accelerators back in the late '90s, mm-hmm. and everything about what we were doing was different. The culture was different. We had flex work. We had um, you know blue hair, nose rings, super innovative, like kind of crazy ideas at the dot com time, and. Um, And these guys came along and said, we love what you're doing. It's so interesting. CEOs from all over Canada were coming and walking through our office and asking, what's different about this place? Why does it feel so energizing? And why is it so innovative? And it was sort of the magic of how we'd created this uh, this environment for people to reach their potential. But the thing was that when you tried to explain it, nothing fit on the balance sheet, right? Every time I said anything to negotiate with these guys, they'd be like, that's intangible doesn't fit on the sheet I'm like yeah that's the magic sauce all the stuff we don't measure that's the magic stuff out there our models are super mechanistic and painful and so by the time we finished negotiating with these guys they were ready to turf me because they're like we don't understand anything you're talking about
0: (laughs) and I'm like yeah but that's why you
3: came here in the first place Uh, and so I've always been trying to figure out you know uh, and so 20 you know fast forward 20 years I just keep noticing over and over this is a long way of answering your question but I think that most of the structures and systems that we've set up don't work uh, for any of us. And we're now living in this super screwed up universe where five people have the same wealth as half the planet, massive Mm -hmm. inequality, environmental degradation, like just challenges everywhere. And from my personal experience, most of the women entrepreneurs I know aren't creating businesses that are um, out of harmony with nature, really. They're all trying to solve problems. They're in process innovation. They're trying to create a better world in a lot of things that they're doing. And so I wanted to create a fun, different approaches, new models, and new mindsets, and new solutions that are all focused on a better world. So EO starts from that perspective. It's not because I'm some feminista, although I am, <laughs> uh, but that's not really why I started this. It's because I... I think we're out of balance, deeply out of balance. Only four percent of the capital goes and 51% of the population really is not getting their ideas funded or celebrated or supported. And I wanted to start there as a way of showing that there are so many other approaches to organizing society and creating a better world through a business lens.
2: Yeah, that's great. And so maybe this is a good place to talk about the structure, how the money all comes together to fund these business sure. ideas.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I, you know when my, we look at these numbers of like 4% of, of venture goes to women entrepreneurs, it's been like that for decades, no matter how we've created the business case to show that it's crazy to do that, women outperform, et cetera. I stepped back and said, if you were starting over again, how would you do this like if we we're starting from scratch uh, and wanted to support innovative companies that were led by women the first problem that comes up is you have to have women writing checks uh 96 to 94 percent of venture uh capitalists are men and so how do you get women writing checks to fund the kinds of things they care about and that's a hard thing to solve because the venture model that we have is super high risk bet it all on red throw 50k at an idea and hope it works So you had to disrupt that on the rise. Women are 50% uh, participating in crowdfunding, 50%. And so we have some kind of crowdfunding thing. And then I thought from the entrepreneur's perspective and went, money's a thing. It's important. But getting customers is also important. Getting advisors is also important. Getting access to network connections and influencers is also important. So I designed CEO, and it's pretty unique, where um, the hundreds of women come together per country. They contribute $1,100 each. It's $92 bucks a month or one-time $1,100. It's pooled together. And then all those people who we call activators, because you're activating more than just your money. You're not just investing. You're doing lots of other stuff. Those women go online, and they vote totally democratic process we trust the intuition of hundreds of women to pick companies that are working on the world's to-do list mm-hmm. so entrepreneurs apply it's only ten questions to apply no pitch decks no attachments no jargon as uh, so we make it super simple for entrepreneurs to come forward uh, those hundreds of women go online and vote and they pick companies and then those companies get a zero percent interest loan we don't take any equity we don't take any interest we call it radical generosity, and then we show up completely differently than you normally do in a business kind of situation like this because the thing is you're not getting your money back. Your 1100 bucks that you put in is a gift, so you don't get your money back, so all of a sudden you start treating entrepreneurs differently because you're not worried about getting your money back. Exactly. I'm like, it's done. You're not getting it back. So let's all breathe, take a minute. And what if we actually trusted the, uh, these entrepreneurs, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. Really different vibe. And so those entrepreneurs get a zero percentage loan without anyone sitting on top of their head saying, are you going to hit your milestones? Um, and, and ready to take a chunk out of you if you don't. We don't do that. And then we step back and the entrepreneurs ask for help each month. And we step in and help if we can. And so we're literally using the energy of hundreds of women and their connections and their networks and their buying power to help grow the kinds of businesses that they care about. And we're doing this now in five countries, and the goal is to get to a million women and a billion dollar fund as soon as possible, uh, to show that if you basically turn it over to the entrepreneurs, give them some space to create new ways of, of coming up with like crazy. We have unbelievable ideas that have been selected. Someone has reinvented the walker in the wheelchair. It's called the linker. Uh, and it's if you've lost some mobility, if you have Parkinson's, if you had a stroke, uh, if you have MS, you get on this bike, it, um, you maintain your balance because it stabilizes your cords, like sitting on a giant tricycle, and you move it with your feet instead of with pedals. And it gets you active again. And so 50% of people who are in, their, in a wheelchair can still move their legs, but there's no way to stay active. So they actually deteriorate more and more. This bike keeps them mobile. Uh, and so people who haven't like, walked for 10 years all of a sudden get on this thing and go 3K three kilometers or three miles. Um, And so that's one example of what women have picked. And this entrepreneur came into our network having been like so beaten up by the system where people are like, you're not an engineer. How'd you come up with a bike? And every engineer who saw it tried to redesign it. And she's like, it works fine. There's no redesigning needed here, right? But no one would bet on her because she wasn't an engineer. She hadn't done this before. It was really different. Um, and women in our network went, this is amazing. I love it. I know someone who could use it. I'd love to refer it to other people. I'd love to help market it. And she has grown that business. Uh, it's completely amazing, over 1,000% uh, in revenue growth and is exporting all over the world because hundreds of women said, I think this needs to exist and I want to help make it happen. Sure. So it's, it's just a really different approach. It's kind of like the opposite of Shark Tank where – Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say, and I love that you're actually mentioning the the Shark Tank too, right? So I come from the background of corporate as a CFO and um, CCO, having raised hundreds of millions of dollars, exactly what you're describing, right? And these venture capitalists actually come in with the notion of taking over the companies and then begin to strangle it until they can take over, right? It really does have... um, a contra effect to what they're hoping to achieve, right? And you can name any of the big names um, in Silicon Valley. But what I, you touched on something early on, Mm -hmm. and I think in particular with women in our age group, because to your point, it's a conditioning, right? That we're even unaware of how we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. of this premise that, you know, a women owned or women ideas are just not like, we just don't want to be associated with full women businesses, right? There was, there is a stigma, Mm -hmm. people, women are still healing from that. And I know this is a little bit of a deeper question. Can you talk a little bit of your own healing journey? Because I know many women who say, if we focus on just women, we're going to have a revenue loss. We won't have the potential. We won't be able to, you know, outpace other companies or even that. I don't want to just be just a woman because of the stigma that's there. We, I mean, it is a
3: conditioning in our age group. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's totally conditioned and I've completely been healing myself in the sisterhood that I'm creating. <laughs> uh, I mean, I grew up in a family full of boys and two played in the NHL and like I am like the uber testosterone competitive goddess. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, it's interesting because um, my vibe, like the way that I've always created my businesses has been a very kind of a feminine approach in a, in a like, competitive, ambitious way. And um, I think the more you pay attention to what the world looks like and what we've created, the less you want to participate in that. Yeah. Certainly for me, yeah. you know, like why, we, it's, it's all about, you know, domination and control and it's clearly proven not to work. And all of the data around how women use capital To make an impact on the world proves out that it's a safer, it's a safer, it's a more sustainable, it's a more humanistic approach uh, that outperforms. Um, But we don't look at that data. Like we're so biased in it that, you know, like we've had a business case for 20 years saying that if you invest uh, in companies that are led by women, they outperform. If you invest in companies that have women on uh, boards, uh, they outperform. But yet we don't act on that data. And if it had been anything else uh, in the marketplace, any other metric or performance indicator like that, you would sue companies for not doing it, right? Because the whole point Agreed. is that you're supposed to maximize profits. And so 100%. data shows that if yep. you invest in you know, those things, you'd be sued for that, but we don't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's like you said, it is the cultural conditioning. Um, and, you know, it took me until I was 50 years old, for God's sake, even though I'd run all these businesses and I'd been in Silicon Valley doing a business, I did businesses in Europe and in Canada, taking a company public, I still didn't fully believe that I had a better answer until I turned 50. And then I'm like, F this, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to stop trying to fit in. I'm going to just go show that there's another way. Uh, But it took a long time because I had to build up my confidence. I was a late bloomer. Um, I'd be like, this doesn't seem right to me. And everyone else was just doing it. I'd be like, maybe, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I just was never really encouraged to go fly with my crazy ideas or I didn't believe that I could for whatever reason. Um, and I wasn't surrounded by people who were really lifting me up. I was surrounded by a lot of people who were going, what, I don't get what you're talking about.
2: Um, you know, and you talk about being surrounded. What's the impact on some of the women founders and CEOs that are being supported by this uh, fund and this initiative? Uh, how are they Yeah, changing? I mean,
3: totally. I mean, the word surrounded, yeah. It's huge. Like, just, I say this all the time, imagine if, uh, which I I have to get this out of my language because I had to say that a lot before it was actually happening, and now I don't have to say that. You don't have to imagine it. It's right here. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if you think for yourself, like, imagine if you were, you know, yeah, if you were surrounded by people who said yes, who had your back, who believed in you, who literally paid money to help you. It is a crazy, crazy thing to imagine. Like, you know, in Shark Tank, uh, just to give this example, you, you sit there and the power dynamic is the person with the money's in charge uh, and the other person is basically begging for scraps. And, yes, uh, you know, hey, me. I have this Thank idea, that. please bet on me and I'll, I'll return your, I'll, you know. Yeah, and I'll return your money times 10. Like, what the F, it's ridiculous. And in our world, we go, the, the wrong person's on stage in yes. our world, right? Yes, absolutely. The, the person who should be on stage is the innovator with the idea that's gonna get us out of this mess. That's who should be on stage. And so the power dynamic is the opposite from what it should be. We should be like begging people who are amazing at creating strong social impact and with these incredible ideas. We should be giving them money to go do that as opposed to like requiring them to have this 10x financial return or 100x financial return. It's crazy. Like we now know how to make money, great you can't eat it, you can't do anything, like what are you gonna do with all this money that we have now? Right, and, and I do wanna talk about this because you
1: know there's this term servant leadership, right? Which is what I'm hearing that these activator investors mm-hmm. are for these young women or these women who are creating these mm-hmm. profound companies, right? But I'm even watching some CEOs because as you know, we really are interviewing yeah. some top leaders around the world and i you know they're ceos of companies who call themselves a servant leader and yet when the commission check is to be distributed somehow they found a way to take away that commission check from that top performer because of the you know the way the comp plan is written right so this servant leadership is not fully embodied Mm -hmm. through the languaging right and what I really hear you saying, and I think you use the word generous giving, was that the term? That you truly are supporting and giving rise yeah. to the future with no strings attached. Yep. So, so I guess my, my question it's is radical. Right, it, it is radical. <laughs> and that's the unknown quantum, right? Anybody who understands quantum physics or that that is the unknown quantum, the piece that yep. you know, that undeniable. So how many women, I think you're, you're going for, um, what is the number you're looking to achieve by 2026? I think there's a, in, in
3: your fund. Yeah, so a million women uh, who've contributed 1100 bucks each. Yeah. Yeah. So a million women, $1 fund. Uh, and this is designed, it's a five-year loan, 0% interest loan that gets paid back. Uh, and so we're building perpetual funds in each community. So the goal is to have a billion dollar perpetual fund that funds 10,000 female entrepreneurs every year forever, uh, who are, all have interesting solutions for the challenge. So it's putting our capital to the highest and you know, the highest impact needs in our communities, getting out of the way of these entrepreneurs with ideas, stepping in when they ask for help, but basically letting them experiment. Uh, to create solutions for the challenges that we have. And I, you know, to your, that's our goal. But to your point, I, I just wanted to comment on the servant leader thing because I don't think I've ever met anyone who calls himself a servant leader who really is one. <laughs> I feel like when we have to put words in front of words, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have to put words in front of words, we're out of alignment, right? Like social entrepreneur, right? Like impact investor. Uh, you know, like it's... We, like these qualifying words in front of things because we're so out of alignment and we're so d- out of balance, I should say. Right. And so, so what, what yeah, I hear I'm you kind think- of allergic to those like double. Yeah.
1: yeah ra- what you're saying is rather than calling yourself something, be something, let it be who you are and lead from that yep. place. <laughs> right. You either are generous or you're not. You are either a servant leader or you're not, but you don't need to qualify that because it comes through in every action. Right. I I think that's what you're trying to say.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're in this time where it it seems to me anyway, over the last couple of decades, that the gap between what we say and what we do is growing. Um, We're, as far as I've studied, the only sort of animal on the planet uh, that acts against its own wisdom. Yes. Like we know that it's bad to eat crappy food and we do it anyway. (laughs) We know that it's not good to keep digging all of the oil out of the ground, but we do it anyway, dot, 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 you know?
1: Now, an interesting statistic that I just have been paying attention to is that the number one age group or group impacted by this, you know, COVID nineteen unemployment are the female millennials, and yet they're the ones that are innovating, that are creating. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I happen to have um, just, you know, they're not millennials, but they're the generation right after millennials two daughters that are in the middle of this. And to your point, they're very conscious, awake, and have made it very clear to me that they don't want to go through what I went through. And they just won't be me. And that makes me very happy, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. because they're actually teaching me who I need to be for the women leaders stepping forward. Do you have any insight or thoughts? I mean, there's, There is a lot happening. It is the, the first group cut out of what's potentially an economic crisis happening here throughout the United States.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, i uh, I just feel terrible about the state of the world, uh, honestly. And I, I think that this generation that is inheriting uh, the situation that's been created um, has just huge work to do. Uh, we all have huge work to do, but this legacy that we've left is just unbelievable. And uh, my experience has always been that we rise to the occasion, we really do. And so there is such an opportunity um, for this next generation who have come in with a, I would say a much more transformative attitude towards what's possible. They are absolutely yay uh, and not going to deal with workplaces the way they've been set up, thank God. Go create the new one. Yes. Um, there, you know, like there's just so much resistance to the existing systems we have in place and get on them, great. So you start from there and now what ought it to be and how are you going to create that? So the biggest challenge I see for everyone is that is school and how we've conditioned people in our culture uh, to think this is the way it should be, or this is the way it is at least, you know. Oh well, that's the way it is. And like, well, what if it wasn't to everything, almost everything in society is my answer to that. Um and so the challenge is getting out of your own way and thinking you know, completely fresh, if we could start over again, what would we do? Um, and so I, I don't think the resistance and the challenges to new ideas coming in, it's like how to make sure that you don't hold on to old ideas. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. So now I'm excited for what they're gonna come up with and we're here as a community funding a bunch of these ideas, but we're also not just funding young founders the range of age of our our 68 ventures so far is 22 to 70 something and we didn't ask wow. the 70 something how old she actually was yeah, have great ideas yeah
2: well and we've been talking about the power of the group you know and the, the uh, combined efforts and combined funding but i also want to turn the page maybe to the individual you know we we could sit here and paint a very bleak picture and yeah, the individual would feel overwhelmed and say, but what can one person do? Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about how an individual gets involved in CEO and uh, how, how companies get involved and how men, that was one of my favorite FAQs on your website is uh, so how do men get involved? Uh, yeah. But anyway, I'd like to, to talk about the individual commitment. Yeah.
3: Sure. So uh, the individual goes to our website with their credit card and the number and they're in. (laughs) They click through our credo, uh, which is sort of our code of conduct of what you're stepping into to, to practice radical generosity and be in this community where people are all ages and all stages. These activators range in age from 11 to 95. So mothers, daughters, and grandmothers all in this community together, contributing at capital and their resources and their expertise, whatever that is. We believe everyone has something to give. And there, it's kind of on your own terms. So we have some people who are super engaged and get all excited and maybe have domain expertise to help some of these entrepreneurs. We have others like my nieces who are dreaming by reading through these applications and trying to figure out what they would like to do with their future. So they're inspired by a lot of these ideas and what's happening and, how pe- and watching how people are building their businesses and getting in relationship with them. Um, the one thing that I've learned since starting GE, or many things I've learned, but one that's really interesting, we've been very involved with indigenous entrepreneurs and indigenous cultures in the countries we're in and indigenous people originally gave gifts as a way of creating a relationship. And this is, this is what I've noticed with CEO. When you, when you contribute your gift of capital and then other pieces, you're now in relationship with these entrepreneurs. Like we have women in our network like, Oh, I voted for her. Oh, it's amazing how she's growing her business. We're doing this together. And, and, and we start to realize that we are the economy, right? We are co-creating this together. And if you're not in relationship with where your money's going, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is, it's, uh, it's designed as an experience to transform your relationship with your belief in your power to create change to be part in relationship with others that together we have everything that we need to create the kind of world we want. We just have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to that. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, and and it's wonderful because you're using a lot of terms that, you know, call it spiritual world, if you will, that right, the indigenous right relation, um, being present, being aware, being Mm -hmm. awake, intuitive. Right when when I work with you know my my what I am now focused on, which is really supporting people to look to their own inner guidance and to your point, be in right relation with everything around us because without that we lose. I mean we all lose. Humankind loses from that experience, you know. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of there's a, a show right now on um, I don't know if it's HBO or Showtime, and it's about C.J. Madam Walker you know, they, um, a, an African-American woman who was funded by women because the men would not fund her, right? Even Booker T. Washington yep. turned her down and she stood up. Yeah, and I love her. her. Yep. I mean, you're just that you, yes. you really, to me, I, yeah. I see it's exciting because, you know, and in indigenous cultures, the women create the tribes. And I love that, right? We need to support each other, the men do have it. They already have their tribes.
3: Within, um, uh, we do these indigenous calls every Sunday afternoon. And one of the hashtags and core elements underneath it is to rematriate. Wow.
2: Um,
3: and it's, it's interesting because I, uh, oftentimes I go to type that in my notes on my computer, on my Mac, and it changes it to repatriate. Right. I'm like literally three times in a row, it autocorrects from rematriate to repatriate. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta love AI, right? Like here's a classic example of like who's designing the world.
2: Who was the guy programming yeah. that AI autocorrect? <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, what a terrific conversation. It's really been fantastic talking with you, Vicki. Our guest has been Vicki Saunders. She is the founder of She And the website is sheeo, that's S-H-E-E-O dot world, uh, which I find to be a terrific. I'm always fascinated by the uh, suffixes of our websites. But the dot world talking about a real global impact. And that's really the big idea, isn't it, Vicki?
3: Yes, it is. I mean, the the concept that we have of crowdfunding money locally to fund local businesses uh, and then using all the resources that we have beyond money in our communities to help grow those businesses. But the, the world part is doing this in each country creates this networked approach. And so when we find a really cool idea in the U.S., we're able to spread it to the other countries we're in really quickly because the activators in other countries get excited about it. So it's also created a new way to export. Uh, And less than 5% of women entrepreneurs actually export their products or services because it's super tough. There's all kinds of biases in the supply chains and it's, it's hard to get funding to do it. And our network almost to other countries by these women, uh, because they get so excited about your business. They're like, Oh, we should have that here. Mm -hmm. And with the new zoom world that we're in, uh we did a, we've opened up these uh, announcements of our new ventures in each country, which in the past was like a day-long summit where local women would come and celebrate the companies that they selected. Now we get to do that online so people can join from around the world. And they're like, oh, this is so cool what you're picking in Australia. Oh, I love what you did in New Zealand. And so we're getting much, it, it's so strange how we're getting so much more connected in our isolation Uh, than Mm -hmm. we ever have before i'm quite excited by what the impact is going to be of uh the pandemic from a a global connectedness perspective
2: and do you have another one of those events coming up where uh, people could get engaged and hear hear about some of these companies
3: yeah so we if you become an activator in our network we have weekly calls so we're doing calls every single week uh across the five countries that we're in we do a global venture call once a week Uh, And when you get on these calls, we're hearing from the ventures for how they're doing, but we're also hearing from each other. We break out into small groups uh, and activators in our network are helping each other now. So the radical generosity has spread way beyond the 68 ventures we funded to this 5,500 activators uh, in the network. So we're, we're just living in this abundant space where everyone's radically generous. If you come and ask for support, Uh, People will provide it for you. We're giving and receiving regularly all the time. And there's this sort of greed and how do I get ahead myself to this place where we're moving towards a gift economy where everybody brings in our network what they have in abundance. I happen to have a ton of connections it's I've built up a massive global network and it's rare that I'm ever on a call where someone says, I'm looking for someone who knows how to do X that I don't have at least three names for them. Nice. Uh, and that to me is an effortless uh, contribution to the community and other people have theirs. There are people who love spreadsheets and doing cash flow projections. Not something I can particularly understand why you're passionate about it, but like that's in the network too, right? And then there are people who are geniuses at helping you pivot your business and they're in the network. Like there's always something that someone has that's kind of remarkable. And I'm always kind of blown away. We call it hashtag CEO magic now because people will be in a small breakout room of five people and they'll ask for something and it's there. And you're like, how did this even happen that we we're all in the same room and the person that I need is actually in this small little group with me. So I, I think that the big reminder, uh, if you sort of look at natural systems too, there's abundance everywhere. You have to ask, you have to pay attention and look uh, and get clear on what you need. And then it happens to be right in front of you. The teacher is always present when the student's ready. Um, and so that's what we kind of see in this beautiful environment that we've created. And it's, it's something that I'd just like to see more of if we could get away from our transactional world of like what's in it for me and how do I step over you to win?
1: Yeah. And, and Vicki, this is Kirsten. I am so grateful that you said yes to being on our podcast. I um, you know, we're ushering in a new world and mm-hmm. you know, our younger people in particular they, they really have the torch to create the new world. It's incumbent on them. The world won't survive if they don't, you know, and we get to support them. And as you said, I love that it ranges from the early ages all the way up through, you know, yeah. the older women, because the older women just don't believe it's possible because of the conditioning. So You know, from my heart to yours, thank you for your contribution in this. It really, I I suspect when we're done with the call, I'll become an activator myself. I'm super excited about what you're creating, just everything that you've shared. And truly, I wish you the best in what we're doing, because our new world really depends on the work you're doing.
3: Oh, well, thank you. And I'd love to welcome you in as an activator. I think it's, uh, you know... It's a gift that when I was in my earlier years, I don't think I would have given myself the gift of this. Like, first of all, I was so trained to think that I didn't have enough and I should wait until I'm farther along and I have more to give. Like there's all that conditioning, you know? And so it blows me away every day when I see like 23-year-olds who just got a job and saved up in their first three paychecks to do $92 a month. I'm like, oh my God, I have so much hope for the future when I see Mm -hmm. things like that. Because it is like we've just been so trained to be isolated, and we have to figure it out ourselves. We have to do it ourselves. Don't ask for help. She said she wanted to help you, but maybe she didn't mean it. She's probably too busy. Yeah. Like all the things, you know. Yes, yes. Um, and to get that out of your way and just no, oh, no, I matter. I have something to give. I'll step into this community. Like that's just it's awesome. It it just yeah. is so liberating.
2: Well, it's very powerful. And the power of connections, too. We'd love to talk to some of the founders and CEOs that are being uh, sponsored and supported by CEO. So you've wanted to see them our way. We'd love to talk to them and hear their big ideas. And I thought it was so interesting you talk about the small worlds. Even when you and I connected, Vicki, on LinkedIn, I think we have like a dozen friends in common. Um, So the the degrees of separation in this world are just getting smaller and smaller, I think. So true. Well, thanks again. Vicki Saunders has been our guest, founder of SHEEO. And we look forward to having you back with us for another episode uh, when we'll talk again about IntelliKey and leadership and how it can contribute to a better world, not only for the individual, but for the entire planet. So join us again. And until then, here's to your IntelliKey as you grow as a leader in your own life. Thank you.
3: Thanks,
0: You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our websites, www.pureintellikey.com and www.mark-stenson.com. IntelliKey Leadership Stories is produced by TriPoint Studios, copyright 2020. Views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the TriPoint Studios or its other members. You can find this and other TriPoint podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.